0: Everyone looks like a rock star on the internet. Everyone looks a rock star on the social. It almost loses its message a little bit. So I think you have to get out there and kind of make people remember that you're alive. And that's really what this is all about. It's not marketing, it's not networking. It's just kind of reminding people that you're alive out there. And that's really the guts of what I try and do.
1: You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Larry. It's awesome to be here with you today.
0: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Samantha.
1: Now, when I told my husband last night that I was interviewing Larry Perkins, he almost swallowed his chewy. (laughs) But just for the people in Australia, this is not the Larry Perkins that is a race car driver or was a race car driver in the 70s, but someone that is equally as amazing as the race car driver. (laughs) So Larry, why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about what it is that you do and the kind of people that you work with?
0: Yeah, sure thing. So I uh, started and now run a company called Sierra Constellation Partners. Uh, And then I've also written a book. So I kind of wear two hats at any given moment, right? I I wear my author hat on one side, but I also um, uh, run a business that is really a, a management consulting business. We're based in Los Angeles in the U.S., uh, and we have offices around the united states working with you know middle market companies trying to solve their their most serious problems so we're a turnaround consulting firm which is basically a, a subcategory of management consulting and uh we've grown a lot uh i started it uh when i was 29 uh, actually today is my birthday uh, oh is,
1: happy uh, birthday
0: <laughs> um and i'm 43 today um so it's been been at it on my own for 14 years and i've just learned a lot along the way and and we've built a pretty nice business along the way and and now uh really enjoying kind of everything we're doing right now.
1: Awesome. So you're all about relationships and building relationships on purpose. Why don't you start by telling us a little backstory around how you sort of got to where you are today and, you know, was there any point where you realized that this was such an important thing or was it always intuitive to you?
0: Yeah. What I found in so many of these things is kind of the reverse story is much more elegant than what <laughs> happening at the time. Um, yep. You know, I, I know I've always been, you know, a personable person, right? You know, I get mm-hmm. the gift of gab. you know, I can chit-chat with people. And I like, I generally like talking with people. I, I'm actually an introvert um, kind of on all the tests and things like that. But, I, you know, I, I like chit-chatting with people. I like my mm-hmm. own anyway, Be that as it may. Um, but really where it came into focus and really the philosophy that drives the book came into focus is, you know, I started the business here, you know, when I was 29 years old um, and, in this particular particular type of consulting, it's very much a trust-based business. I mean, we're getting yeah. hired in these very difficult situations with very large companies and trying to, you know, solve really big problems. So going to, you know, a 29-year-old at that point and saying, hey, I, I'm going to trust you with the keys to figure out what to do here, uh, you know, it's a pretty difficult thing to do. So as a result, you know, necessity being the mother of invention and whatnot, you know, I had to figure out a way to get the phone to ring right i didn't Mm -hmm. start with Mm -hmm. clients or anything else i basically had to build up the first client and then hopefully get another one etc etc but what i learned uh, through that process was you know if you're not deliberate about it people won't know you're out there doing Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. everyone looks like a rock star on the internet everyone looks a rock star on the social it almost loses its message a little bit so i think you have to Get out there and kind of make people remember that you're alive. And that's really what this is all about. It's not marketing. It's not networking. It's just kind of reminding people that you're alive out there. And that's really the guts of what I try and do. Now, I happen to know a lot of people and I've happened to meet an awful lot of people. And what I've found is you probably know all the people you need to kind of get you where you need to get to go. You know, it's not mm-hmm. this awkward thing of going to a cocktail party when you could go to cocktail parties and handing out business. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes that. Right. But yeah, are, you know, one of your friends from earlier in your career or a former client, you know, they probably want to help you. You just have to make sure they remember that you're alive. So that's a big part of kind of how, uh, you know, how I kind of built the business. And it probably starts even before that, you know, I started my career in kind of a corporate job, just like most people. And I remember having this you know, epiphany relatively young. I was probably you know, 21, 22 years old in my first job. And I would, you know, I worked like a maniac, like, like a dog. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could always work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I looked at my boss, who was kind of the partner in the big consulting firm, you know, and I was like, his life is great. He doesn't do anything all day. You know, he, he comes in late. Uh, he goes to lunch. He has a nice lunch. He chit chats with people. He, I hear him on the phone laughing at this very particular laugh that would just drive me crazy. I'm like, what does he do all day? You know? And then like, how do I get to do that? And what I realized is, you know, there's, you know, 200 people around the floor, you know, grinding away at computers. And I see the one guy, you know, in the corner office who's sitting there having a good time talking to his buddies and then going out to play golf and going to a steak dinner, having too much wine. And then come out, I mean, it sounds awesome. I was like, I can do that. The I mean,
1: life, living the life.
0: <laughs> 100%. And I was like, you know, he doesn't seem to be doing what I'm doing. So I need to figure out what he's doing. And, you know, uh-huh. what he ultimately was, he had a huge network and he could bring in a lot of business because of it. And, you know, again, very convenient to tell the story in retrospective. I wasn't thinking out at the time. I was just, I'm resentful and what the heck does he do? And I'm smarter than this and all those kind of ex- uh-huh. things. Uh-huh. But ultimately I came to that the place of, okay, he actually knew what he was doing. He's doing exactly what I'm doing now. Um, but I had, to, I had to figure that out along the way. So hopefully I'm trying to hack my way through that for your listeners and otherwise to say, okay, you can you can, you can can get there faster. You don't have to make all the same mistakes I made along the way.
1: Yeah. No, you said something there which people may – like it, it happens so quickly that people may not have even noticed he said it. And it's something that I talk about a lot is that people – I find are always looking for where do I find these new opportunities or how do I connect with these new people but when we when we look at it you know if you pick up your phone how many people are in your phone like I haven't I changed my sim card and I don't delete my contacts like there's thousands in there from oh. years and years and I would say that most people are the same you know or they say I need to build my audience on social well how many people do you already have on Facebook or on yeah, LinkedIn or on Instagram that are already there but I find that a lot of people are really afraid to reach out to these people yeah. do you what do you often find that with people that you
0: speak to yeah. And I think, I think because a hundred percent, so I totally agree with everything you just said. I mean, I, I equate the people that, you know, it's like finding, finding money in your pocket, you know, after, after putting your pants away or something like that, you know, like yep, the, yep. The people that are, you already know, you've already mm-hmm. done the work, but yeah, people are afraid, but I, I think they're afraid because they think it's like a big thing, right? Like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to make it a big thing. And that's really a big part of what, what I focus on in the book and just in my life is, you know, you're not making a sales pitch, right? You're not going, yeah. out. give me something. Let me help you. Let me be, like, can you be a client? of You're not asking for money. Like I, I feel like all that's a little bit kind of gross. You know, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, for the most part, you know, people know what I do. Um, and you know, th- there's people in my network that I reach out to and they know that I'm a consultant and they know that they may have a client and I can help them and they can help me. Um, but all I'm trying to do is kind of hack my way to the top of mind. You know, Mm -hmm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to shortcut through that because just like everyone else, you probably have 3,000, 4,000 people in your phone. You're not going to remember me unless we stay in touch or you have occasion to meet me. There's this whole brain science concept called Dunbar's number. Um, Malcolm Gladwell and his books made it kind of famous, but Mm -hmm. I don't get into the weeds too much. But the, the basics of it are that, the brain has a finite capacity of how many things it can kind of keep in there, um, besides, mm-hmm. you know, without mm-hmm. having some outside help. And it's kind of weird, but the number that broadly is around that is 150, right? So mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. keep track of 150 things. And if you think about your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, or your best friend from high school, you know, all those people, you know, that chips away at part of that. So then you're dealing with like hundred people that are kind of in your, your kind of work ecosystem. So at the end of it, what I'm trying to do is be one of those hundred people. And Mm. it doesn't mean I have to be anything special. It just has to mean that they remember that I'm alive. You know, uh, I I think about this frequently with like a a lawyer, right? I get calls a lot of times. I need a lawyer for a transaction or a litigation or something. I probably Mm -hmm. know a thousand lawyers, right? Uh The one that comes to mind is either my best friend or someone I lunched lunch with last week or, or talked or texted with last night. You know, And they're like, oh, that guy's a good guy. I'm going to go to him. Even though I have another 999 in my contact book, it's the one mm-hmm. that I remember. So I want to be the one that people remember.
1: Totally. And, you know, it's so funny that you say that story because – I have been thinking for weeks, I need to reach out to a lawyer for and nothing that I need, but for something else that I'm looking for as, a, and a, as a, um, something to do with um, a project that I'm working on. And I've been thinking for ages, I need to jump on LinkedIn or I need to go through my emails. And just today, just this morning before we recorded, someone reached out and said, Sam, we haven't connected for ages. And I went, oh, by the way, I've Ooh. been meaning to reach out to someone so straight well. away. She just gets my work because she just wound up in my inbox where she actually was not in my inbox for that reason. It was just to actually say hello, which is what you're talking about. She would have done it with absolutely no intention. And I think that, I do want to circle back to that because I think that's the biggest part of what you're saying here. And, you know, she just reached out and I went, oh my goodness, you've just saved me. I don't know how long for having to go hunt through LinkedIn or go through my contacts database. She's just there. It's dealt with, it's done. And uh, we're booked in the calendar to speak. Perfect. But I do want to go back to the intention because I think that's the biggest thing here, isn't it? That people get weirded out because, in their brain, they're thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm reaching out to this person because I want to sell this thing or because I want to do this thing. And it's not like that at all, is it? It's just, hey, I'm here. What are you up to?
0: Yeah. Or uh, did you see, the, did you read this book? I was thinking about you. I remember uh, when we had dinner one time, you we were talking about your kid's birthday party, whatever happened with that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I remember you were in the market for a cat. Like, okay, cool. Like, it doesn't mean... I'm not asking for work and, and there's no pressure associated with that. I mean, people like to be heard. People like to be thought of and that innocuous kind of note that you got from your lawyer friend or whoever reached out to you, mm. you know, it just happened. I mean, they just that I'm thinking about you. I took the time to scribble out an email to you for two seconds or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden you've plumbed your, they've plumbed their way into your brain. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with me. I mean, I send so many just kind of random notes that something like, Hey, remember, I mean, especially in COVID times right now, it's so appropriate. Mm. I remember, you know, we were in Vegas having drinks at that bar six months ago. Can you believe how crazy it is? That, that was only uh-huh. months? And all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, it's been crazy. Like, what are you up to? And, and it's, it's a nothing thing. And there's no pressure associated with it. So I, I think people to your original question, they, they kind of work it up in their head. that it's like some big scary yeah. thing, but frequently you like work with these people all the time. They're, they're, they're basically if you think of it as kind of like a long lost friend or buddy. Like I'm not saying they're going to bail you out of jail if things go wrong, but I mean it's just like someone you're friendly with. It's like someone you see in a coffee shop. With There's no big thing. You just say hi. It's it's not hard.
1: Totally, and it's not always about. I'm going to do business with that person. When we say top of mind, it could be that we are talking with someone else and you think, oh, I know exactly who to connect you with or it might be for a referral or it might be for, a, you know, a joint venture partner. But that person needs to be top of mind because, you know, you and I were chatting about this before we hit record. We're busy people. There's a lot going on in our lives. And when someone just pops in and says hi, it's just a really nice way to remember that person and, and, you know, catch up with what they're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And especially if it's, I I could not agree more. I mean, and I'd even take it further. I mean, maybe it's a new sandwich shop. Maybe it's a new place to get a burrito. Like there's plenty of opportunities to learn something that's not directly transactional. I I mean, I think that's a key theme is for me, at least is like, you you know, in my world, at least a great relationship will yield one project in a lifetime. You know mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like a superstar relationship will be five projects in a lifetime you know it's not it, it, at least in my business it's a low yield business so you need to kind of get it out in the world um as much as possible so you're you're a top of mind for as many people because that's how you have to connect the dots
1: Mm, Totally. And you had me at burrito, by the way, whenever I can get on a plane and head back to LA and you see that I'm going back there, please reach out and let me know where the best burritos are. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we've got all these contacts in our phone. We've got all of these people on social media. We've talked about, you know, it can be a bit weird reaching out, but if we haven't spoken to someone in a while, you know, it's really a cold outreach. How can people start to outreach you know you talked about birthday parties or other things like that but maybe we haven't spoken to someone for a while what's what's a way that we can reach out without it being weird
0: sure i'll give you a real life example and i, I give this example in the book too but um this was years ago but i remember when we were traveling for business more i was you know in the airport and this was pre like streaming of everything and i, I had an ipad though and I, I remember i was like i don't know if you remember that show on hbo the wire it was a good show right And and i was kind of binging on watching The Wire. And uh, I ran out of them, right? And it was kind of late in the day and I couldn't get another one and I didn't feel like a beer. And I was just kind of like, what am I going to do? And so I just kind of randomly picked up my phone and just like kind of went like this, like just Just scrolled up. Yeah, and I got to this woman uh, uh, on, on my list. I'll keep her name out of it for now. But it was someone, literally I worked with like four years before and I just kind of fell out of touch. But I remember... I kind of liked her. She was actually, I didn't even work with her. I worked against her. Like I was on the other team. Uh-huh, like in this uh-huh. pretty intensely good, but I remember I liked her and I still had her in my phone and I think it was like two minutes. I just, you know, I got on my, I, whatever it was Blackberry probably at the time, which is like, I think Carol was her name. Hey Carol, Larry Perkins. I fell out of touch and I really meant to stay in touch. No occasion. Hope you're well. I think it was like literally that. And it, I'm not getting like two minutes later. She called me. She said, Oh my God, Larry, it's been forever. How weird that you called Cause I was just thinking about this situation we have and we need to hire someone like you to do this. And I was like, Oh, like totally not why I'm calling, but absolutely glad that you called me. You yeah, yeah. And, and, um, it was as it was innocuous as that. It was literally all I said was I meant to stay in touch. I didn't no occasion. Hope you're well. I mean, I think it was those four lines. And then, it, ended up being, it was like a seven, it was, it was like a six or $700,000 project for us to, it was wow. like a big project that just came out of like this stupid thing. Cause I was out of, out of uh, shows on my iPad. I mean, that's how <laughs> innocuous it was. And it, I mean, that crystallized it in so many ways for me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like, how do I not do that more often? And sometimes I'll just be doing it at night. You know, I have a seven year old daughter, so we put her to bed. I'm just sitting there watching television or doing whatever I'm doing. And I'll just kind of, Hey man, hope you're well. I can't believe I haven't stayed in touch with you. Crazy days, right? I mean, like something like that Uh goes so far. And, you know, it's very rare that someone's like never reach out again. I I don't think I've ever gotten someone. I mean, there's nothing to say. You don't always get a response. Sometimes say, yeah, great. Thanks for reaching out. You know, it's pretty easy
1: yeah totally and that's so funny because someone just said to me on the weekend how do you make so much time for reaching out to people and I said well I don't actually make the time I just use my time in different ways it's if I'm you know sitting down having a a cup of coffee I'll just flick off a couple of messages or you know on (laughs) the weekend we were watching the car racing and you know and um you know you're not going to sit there and like it was yeah (laughs) and uh you know I was just sending off a whole heap of dms on instagram while I was watching it it's not something Something that I make time for specifically, but I do make time to fill, put it in my day, and I think that that's the that's the important thing.
0: It's more intention than time, right? Because yeah. it, you can you can do so much in five minutes. I yeah. mean, five minutes is like an, an eternity of sending out emails like this. I mean, that you can you can't do it for more than five minutes, really. I mean, unless you're really being practiced. So no, I totally agree with you.
1: Totally love it. Now you talk about the four parts of the business cycle. Can you just quickly take us through that?
0: Yeah, uh, especially in businesses like ours, right? I think that there's. Um, I'm in a high trust business. Obviously, in your business, super high trust business. So I, I look absolutely. at absolutely. I look at the four parts because, you know, the first part is you know ultimately they kind of have to like you. Like if you're a jerk, you know, there's, they're not going to call you no matter how good you are or what you do. You know. Um, so I look at that as the first part, if you're, if you're just not someone who's likable, you know, forget about it. It's, you know, you're, you're, in the wrong business, right? You should mm, either uh-huh. do something else or figure out how to do something else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the second step is then they have to understand what you do. Right. I mean, especially in my business, okay, you're a consultant. I mean, that could be anything from, you know, being like a coach or something like that all the way to being an engineering consultant. I mean, it's such a wide range of things that you can do that kind of, I feel like the first step is, Okay. They they need to put you in a bucket in their mind. It's like, okay, he's not a lawyer. He's not a doctor. He's not a a stay at home dad. He's a consultant. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then I think Mm -hmm. the third step is then, you know, really having them truly understand what you do. You know, that's like, okay, you go to go to Uh, coffee one time. It's like, okay, you're a coach. Cool. Like, so does that mean you work with like troubled kids? Or does that mean you're working with high powered executives? Like where do you fit on that spectrum? And then if you're at that point, then they're actually engaging. Right. Then it's like, you've kind of transcended from just this, kind of ephemeral person in your, in your world to someone saying, okay, I actually want to know what you do, Samantha. Like that's what I want to understand that. And then, then you kind of have the beginnings of a relationship and again, I'm not saying they're your best friend, but at least you're in a place where you start to understand that's step three. And then step four is probably the most important part is staying in touch. Right. And, mm. and the reason why I have this notion in the book, I call strategic serendipity um, you know, for me, at least I need to strategically be in the right place at the right time. You know, companies aren't always in trouble and I need companies to be in trouble to hire me just similar to a lawyer, similar to like a real estate broker, you know, anybody else mm-hmm. coach, right? Something usually needs to happen for them to want to call you. And mm-hmm. what I try and do is I try and be top of mind. So when that thing happens, I'm the one that they think of. And at mm-hmm. that point, they know I'm a nice enough guy. They understand what I do in a pretty deep way. That's step two and three, and then the thing happens. So those are the four steps to get there.
1: Mm. I want to circle back to to the step two and three because I think that we can get caught up thinking that people do not do not what we do. Oh yeah. I know personally that I have interviewed people on this podcast that I knew what they did in a title let's just say, you know, consultant or build networks or whatever. If someone said to me, what is, what is, you know, what does Larry do?" This is what he does. But it's, sometimes it's not until I interview people on my podcast, I go, oh, oh yeah. now I get it. Now I know what you do. So I think that that's such an important piece is not just connecting with people so that they know what you do, but really, really understanding what you do, who your help, the nuances of what you do. Such an important piece there.
0: Yeah, and what, what does your client look like? Like what is, help me understand that. And I think when you get to that point, I, I don't know about you, but most people want to help. Like kind of if you're engaged, mm-hmm. you know, they're not talking to you so they don't want to be helpful. I mean, they, they yeah. by and large, most people want to help. So when they start getting to that point, it's like, okay, so are you looking for, big companies are you looking for little companies are you looking for companies that are bankrupt not like you know there's all these sorts of questions that then they're like okay I then kind of this big box gets into a smaller box and that's that's when you can be a little bit more successful with your time because then they're calling you with the right thing that fits and I think people overlook that so much okay you go to some uh, crummy event and okay you're a lawyer like okay are you a uh, tax lawyer? Are you a litigator? Are you a, you know, the mergers and acquisitor? Like what, what kind of lawyer are you? And I think that that's something that people miss.
1: Totally. So how do you personally move from this is what I do to uh, helping people really understand what you do? What's your personal way of doing that?
0: So my personal way of doing it is I invert that. I try and really get to know what they do. Because uh-huh. um, if I really get to know what they do, I, you know, I, I'm like, I don't want to get too crazy. I do live in California, which, you know, people who can appreciate. But, you know, I really believe that, you know, what you put out in the universe, you get back kind of multiple times over, right? Whether it's spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, doesn't really matter. But if you really engage with someone and you care about them, then it kind of comes back to you 10 times over. So when I'm in the car, and it's not just me, I mean, this is sales training. This is Dale Carnegie, you know, all those guys too. I mean, if you start asking questions about them, First of all, they really Mm -hmm. like you because, I mean, it's pretty basic because people like talking about Mm -hmm. themselves. It's
1: human nature.
0: (laughs) Human nature. Right. And then there's kind of a reciprocal part of the conversation. It's like, oh, so I've spent 45 minutes of this, you know, lunch date talking about what I'm doing, you know, flipping the script. And then at the end of it, they almost feel like, I don't even know anything about you. So then they start really engaging in this like hyper intense kind of understanding of what you do. So again, it's less about your sales pitch. I think it's more about getting curious about the person you're with trying to help that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've gotten more business about from trying to help people get into school, Mm -hmm. you know, for trying to help their kid get a job than my super serious sales pitch. I mean, my, my sales pitch is okay. Right. But I think my ability to help people is really Mm -hmm. high. Right. So then people want to help people to help them. It's just circle of life. And and another thought is it's not about helping them in a business way. Of course, we all help people with what we do for mm-hmm. business, but you can help people a hundred different ways. I I mean, I had a, a employee who worked with me. who was right out of school, a young kid, um, but he was a, a really talented musician, right? So he would go to our clients and he would, you know, teach their kids how to play guitar. Like that's, that's a good way to kind of establish relationships. And then all of a sudden it's kind of transcended from just this transactional business relationship into something Mm. a little bit meatier, you know? And and I think that's burritos, music lessons, sports fans, like whatever it is. I mean, there's lots of ways to connect with people.
1: I I love trying to remember, you know, what people, you know, the things that people love, you know, I, I, I can remember people that I've interviewed that maybe, you know, you have loved golf or I connect with people over, you know, Um, car racing. It's crazy. I also connect with them over dancing. I'm a very strange person. I have lots of things that I like, but those, (laughs) yeah, totally. But those things are really cool. You know, I will remember that, you know, you mentioned a burrito in an episode. They're just tiny, tiny little things, but these are the things that we connect with people for. And if we can remember them, we're sitting in the top. I would think 1% of people that do reach out and ask those things. 100%.
0: And those are the things that are easy to remember. I mean, I've had not to pick on lawyers, but I've had a thousand dinners with a thousand lawyers. Right. But I'll remember the one that was, you know, had a really cool domino collection. Right. I'm not going to (laughs) remember like what deal he was working on, but I remember he had a really cool domino collection. Like, I'm like, Hey, what's the latest domino I should be looking at. That's such an easier way to reach out. And plus that's what they like talking about. And then all of a sudden they remember I'm alive. They know what I do for a living. It's like all these kind of gear shipped into place and like connect at that point. It's like this, you know, what do they call it in all those books, like the cyber, cipher lock, you know, kind of getting together. And I think yeah. they all click into place at that point. And it's like, you're, you're back on top of mind and that's all you're trying to be.
1: Yeah, totally. It's, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to be able to, to build relationships in this way, because there, there's just so many reasons that it all falls into place. You know, it isn't just about the business, like you said, but eventually it is about the business. But it's not the intention. That's what I love about it so much.
0: Yeah, and for what it's worth, it's, it's a, this is this book is a is a business book, right? It's about building business relationships. But you know, when I was talking with a publishing company and they were they were we were kind of doing the original part of it, I mean, this is a philosophy for life. I mean, this isn't just about uh, business. I mean, I've met you know the people that you know sponsored my honeymoon, an amazing thing, or not my not my honeymoon, my bachelor party. I mean, these were people I just met through business. You know, I've had. Mm-hmm amazing trips, made amazing friends. Like now real friends have come out of this too. So, you know, I've been happily married for a long time, but it's the same thing in dating. I mean, this is, I mean, it's just how life works. I mean, if you help people, people help you back, but if you're hiding in your corner or just being on the socials and not reaching out to people, you're not going to get out there.
1: Absolutely. Now the book that you're talking about is don't be a stranger, create your own luck. So why don't you tell us, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, the relationships, but who is this book for and how can it really help them?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, when, when we kind of were figuring out who we're writing the book for, it's really anybody who's in, um, in a position where they need other people to help them at work. And that sounds a little bit silly to do that. But, it, it, you know, the way I think about it, if, if you're in, certainly in sales, that's the most obvious one. But even if you're an executive, I mean, I've seen uh, certainly entrepreneurs, you know, as it relates to executives, I mean, you have people – You know, they have these huge Rolodexes of people to help them out in different things. They've got a team of people to follow them. If you're an entrepreneur, I don't know any entrepreneur who hasn't really leaned on their network to figure out how to go, starting from how to get their taxes done, to branding, to logos, to marketing, to coaching, to everything you need to kind of get off the ground. Mm -hmm. I think entrepreneurs do this a little bit natively, but I think there's a lot of ways to do it better. But it's really anybody who's in any sort of relationship business. And I joke about this. I'd be curious to get your perspective too, Samantha, but everyone I talk to when you get to know them a little bit is like, Oh, well my business is really a relationship business and, and they're uh-huh. selling pipe or they're uh-huh. selling uh-huh. cardboard uh, it's really a relationship business. I mean, everything's a relationship business. There are people doing business with other people and this is less popular, but I, at a certain point, everything's a commodity. There's other people who are really good at what I do really good at what I do. I think I'm just as good, maybe a little bit better, but at the end of it, People know I'm good at what I do. I can hold my own at what I do and what our firm can do. But at the end of it, like they're calling me because they like working with me and I'm going to help them out and I'm going to do all the things that go above and beyond just being a commodity. And I feel like that's pretty much everybody. Maybe like the purely artisan businesses, or maybe you're pushing a button on a machine factory floor or something like that. Maybe it's not applicable to them, but basically anybody in business can help by having better relationships.
1: I still think that it's amazing how the person pushing the button, it can help them. They may be yeah. looking for another job. They may be oh, really? looking for, you know, help with putting their wedding together or you just don't know. Oh, yeah. And and I do love that you said that because my one of my original businesses was a dance store. So we sold products. Oh, yeah. What we did, though, I th- I believe really, really well was that we got to know our customers really well so we we implemented a system so that we learned their name we generally knew their husband's name we knew their kids names we knew their pets names we knew all of this stuff about them it didn't matter they were coming in for dance shoes they could have got them at any other dance store but the day that I really understood this was we had a customer in and she picked up her phone while she was at the counter and she went oh I'm just at Sam's well, she wasn't just at Sam's; she was at my shop, like, mm-hmm. and that's when I realised. Oh my goodness! Like it was just a big aha moment for me that people came to my store to buy dance shoes because they would have a chat with me, not because they were coming to get the dance
0: shoes. Hundred percent. It's it's a it's a huge value add on top of an otherwise commodity. You can buy the, I mean, especially something like you could buy them online. You could buy them anywhere, mm-hmm. but they're going because of you. And I think. Mm. Everyone does that. You go to the salesman who's a little bit friendlier. You buy your insurance for someone who's a little friendlier. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the way it goes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And especially in the coaching and the consulting game, when people are buying us, then that's even more oh, valuable. Yes. We have to understand that, that that those relationships is everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah, I, I don't want to beat on a dead horse, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I think when the product is yourself, Right. Mm-hmm. Which for you, it is for me, it is for, mm-hmm. for anybody who's selling brain space, which is most of the knowledge economy. I mean, they want to make sure they're comfortable with that person. And really, the only way to get comfortable as human beings is they've got to understand that you're kind of part of the tribe, right? You're part of their crew and they're you're going to help them out. And I think that's a big part of it.
1: Mm, I really love the book what I love most about it is the way that you've shared the personal stories because I think that makes it very easy to understand the concepts because it's not just like hey do this thing it's like okay I discovered this thing and this is how I discovered it and that's what I love about it so much so highly highly recommend it can you please tell us more about where we can get the book and also how people can stay connected with you
0: Sure thing, yeah. I mean, I, I am on, uh, I'm not terribly active on socials, but I am on LinkedIn. It's probably the most active one for me being a business guy. Um, Larry Perkins, not the race car driver. Not the
1: race car driver. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> In my uh, my firm, Sierra Constellation Partners. Uh, and then we also have a website where you can find out about the book, speaking appearances and whatnot. Um, it's called don'tbeastrangerbook.com. Um, and of course, you can pick it up on Amazon, Kindle, all those places, um, uh, Audible, all those places to, to buy it if you want to. But um, yeah it's been a crazy experience but it's been really fun
1: yeah it's awesome congratulations on the book like I said I really really loved it for us to round out this episode I'd love you to share a story that springs to mind where something really cool has happened because you've reached out to someone cold
0: yeah I mean I, 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 I do talk about the story in the book as you, as you said I, I kind of it's story by story because I feel like it's the only thing that kind of proves the point. But um, Mm -hmm. this uh, friend of mine, John, it was literally, I think the second day I started my business and 29 years old, I literally didn't have business cards yet. And I get one of these, I don't know, you you get these emails for these kind of professional networking groups and Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, Oh, I feel like this is something I need to go to. Um, And I go and it's, it was kind of like a cool night. I didn't, it, it was January. It was kind of at least in this hemisphere, it's chilly. So I was kind of going, you know, I don't really want to go. But then I go and I get there and it's, it's worse than I could imagine. <laughs> you know, like, bad drinks. It was expensive. Like all the snacks were gone. And I'm not like, I'm not mingley. Like I'm not terrible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm good in a small room, but in a big room, uh, just very uncomfortable. I'm maybe better now, but at that point, very uncomfortable. And at, at that point, I was like, you know, I'm just going to get like two business cards and then get the hell out of here. You know, I just uh-huh. want to get out of here as quickly as I can and literally i'm like at, in the line to get like a pellegrino at the bar and and i am sitting next to this guy his name's john and i just stick out my hand and say hey john you know some cheesy name tag hey john i'm larry he said hey larry you know and we start chit-chatting and i'm you know he's a lawyer uh, okay uh you know small firm just independent guy and uh and it turns out i mean just People are fascinating, but it turns out his son went to the same school I did and he was interested in a fascinating, a brilliant guy. He's written children's books. I mean, like the story he collects antique furniture, like all these really cool things. And all we talked about was his son and antique furniture. And, you know, I explained a little bit. Yeah, I'm a turnaround consultant. I just started my business, you know, two days ago, but I feel like I'm pretty good at this. And I I literally didn't have business cards. So I said, Hey, I'll give you a card. I'll, I'll follow up. So, long story short, um, so I follow up with him. We get lunch um, or breakfast, I think, a couple of days later, or a couple of weeks later. And then, you know, a couple of weeks after that, he calls and says, Hey, you know, I've got a situation. It sounds like they need someone like you to do this. Can you go there? And, and I go on that thing. It was this cool door company. And I go to the door company. And then there's another consultant there, this guy, John. And I talk to him. And John says, uh, Hey, I've got another client, you know, that needs some help. And I go help that other client. And then I meet this guy, Jason and who's still a really good friend. Um, so I, I talked to Jason and Jason's like, Hey man, like and we actually end up being like tennis buddies too, like we play mm-hmm, tennis mm-hmm. together, like, so now he's like a really good friend. Um, and then he introduces me to this guy named Matt and then, and this is all fast. I mean, I think in the cradle to grave, this is less, I mean, and we're transacting all the all along the way, but I mean, cradle to grave, this is like three years. So right? and I'm, I'm short-cutting a lot of part of the story. Um, and then at that point about 3 years in this guy Matt who's a friend of Jason's and we're all in this kind of circle and I by the way get married in between and they all go on my bachelor party it was a great time all these things a lot of friends a lot of good beers like all those things. And then one day Matt says hey there's this company who's wanting to move into LA and they're looking to buy your company like they're interested in buying you like they don't know how to get a hold of you but they got a hold of me and they want to buy you. And they bought, it. they bought it. I mean it was the biggest financial transaction in my life and it was because I went to this crappy cocktail party in January, they didn't want to go to. And I followed up with this single shingle lawyer who was into collecting antique furniture. And then, you know, four steps later, you know, it turned into a really life-changing thing for me. And it's just as simple as that.
1: I love it. As simple as that. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much, Larry, for coming on the show, sharing your stories. It's, uh, it's been great. And uh, I really uh, thank you for writing the book. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. I love your show.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samanthareilly.global forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts, and change makers over at global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one level at hello at global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.